Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, yet shall they live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Because I live, you shall live also. Friends, we have come here this afternoon to worship God and to bear witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of Sidney Nelson Gardner. We come together in grief, acknowledging our human loss. May God grant us grace that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow hope, in death resurrection. Let us pray. Eternal God, we praise you for the great company of all those who have finished their course in faith and now rest from their labor. We praise you for those dear to us whom we name in our hearts before you. Especially we praise you for Sid Gardner, whom you have graciously received into your presence. To all of these, grant your peace. Let perpetual light shine upon them and help us so to believe where we have not seen that your presence may lead us through our years and bring us at last with them into the joy of your home, not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Let us hear from the most well-known, surely, of all the Psalms, the 23rd Psalm, as it offers us words of hope and strength and peace. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then from the New Testament, from the 14th chapter of John, hear these words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid.
We decided that we would spend a little time today sharing some of our memories of our father. And I'm going to start since I'm the oldest and the only girl in this family. But I'd like to start by saying uh, this is a very difficult time. It's not anything you've ever experienced before. And it's going to be very difficult. So if I get too shook up, I'll just stop and take a minute. But I would like to start by saying... Um, as the oldest of three children and the only girl, I felt like I had a very unique experience with my father. There was nothing growing up that I could not talk to him about, whether we disagreed or agreed. We spent a good number of the 60s and 70s talking about politics. Since you've gone through all those presidents and all the politics were going on, it's a lot like what's going on now. And we had numerous opportunities. He respected my opinion and I respected his. And so for that, I appreciate it very much. We uh, had a great example of alternative politics because dad's side of the family was devout Democrats and Protestant. Mom's side of the family was devout Republicans and Catholic. So there was constant discussions going on, but there was mutual respect on both sides. So I had that opportunity with my dad and also with both my grandfathers. So for that, I am extremely blessed. It was a great time to grow up. I cannot think of anything between my birth in the 50s all through the 60s that was not just gads of fun. We had a dad who could build us anything, help us with any project, and was always there when we needed him. I felt like he could build anything out of wood, concrete, or steel. So to share that, I would like to say that as a girl, I was somewhat of a tomboy. Everybody in the neighborhood was boys except me and the girl next door. So we were avid fans of every Western, but if you lived during that time, you know there wasn't a whole lot to pick from except Rawhide, Bonanza, The Virginian, and an sundry of other Westerns like Wagon Train. So everybody was a cowboy, whether you were a girl or not. But we wanted to have some place that we could play that would let us be cowboys in our backyard so that the neighborhood kids could all join in the fun with our six guns and our cowboy hats. So I, I had had a dollhouse built by my dad. But if 
it was just for dolls, and I'm not a big doll fan. So he decided he would build me a full-size room that was this, a house that you could go in and play. And it was elaborate in that it had the same cedar-shaped siding as our house. It was painted brown, and it had a Dutch door just like Mr. Ed on TV, who was the talking horse head, which was a great advantage when you had little brothers that you didn't want in there, because my brother and the girl next door both had a little brother that liked to play, and we wanted them around some because our game we played was Bonanza. I was Adam, she was little Joe. Bill was Haas, you wouldn't have believed it then, but he was Haas. Uh, and then her brother was Paul. Somebody had to be Paul Cartwright. So we played for years at this game. We had imaginary horses we rode on the back, in the backyard, and just had great fun playing out cowboys and Indians, shooting everybody that we didn't like. But as we got a little older, we felt like we needed something else to play. So we wanted a swing. So dad found some scrap steel and other items that he put together and made the most awesome swing you have ever seen. It wouldn't look like any you could pick up at Walmart now. It doesn't look a thing like my granddaughter's green and yellow swing. But it was huge. And you could get on it, and once you were on it, your feet never touched the ground. You could swing and go as high as you wanted to swing. It was quite dangerous, and there were many a skint knee from people who jumped while they were flying through the air. But it, we had a really awesome time on that swing. So when we weren't being cowboys, we could revert back to being children and play on that swing. So part of what we gained from childhood from my dad was a, a person who recognized the need for us to use our imagination to play and to have fun. But if we had something to do that was important, he was always there to help. He made an entire steel mill for me for a project in elementary school. Cut the pieces and could explain how every aspect of that steel mill worked. So that when I went in to explain this and put my project up, every intricate part of it was I could explain. So he took the time to do that. From my standpoint, I knew the only thing I was going to have to do to make it in the world was work and work hard. So we saw him come in from working shift work, filthy dirty, but he could clean up on Sunday with the best of them and he always made it to church on Sunday and you would not know that he was a common laborer all week long. So for that, I think I'm probably most appreciative, but for the toys and the swings, I can't go by a swing anywhere and not think of what that childhood was like and how much time he put into us. The other thing that he liked to do was uh, watch Johnny Carson. And so when I would stay up, even though it would be a school night, he would allow me to stay up late because he might come in from working evening shift and we would sit there, and my fondest memory of sitting, he would watch the monologue of Johnny Carson back before late night TV was so crazy. And I have never heard somebody laugh and giggle and just go berserk with some of the dialogue that Johnny Carson would do. So for that, I am just so appreciative that I missed an hour or two of sleep and stayed up and did that throughout my life. We also could sit around and talk about football. We rarely missed the Bear Bryant show. There were certain things that were almost as important as church when I was growing up. So you, you did have that four o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday that you had to be, be there and just hear what he might say. So for that in my life, I, I feel most appreciative. But mostly I think it's just that opportunity to have had a dad who really cared about his children, who spent every moment when he was off with us doing things that were fun. We always had vacations that were wonderful. And I can't imagine life without him, but I think I'm blessed to have had him as long as I had him and for the opportunity that we had. Thank you.
So I'm the middle child, and I'm a couple years difference, but I do remember, like Janet recanted, times in the backyard, a little bit about the swing. I think she may have placed me on the swing and swung me out. I may have been the ones that had the skint knees. But I also remember the rabbit house. The rabbit house, I think we had 12 rabbits. Now what's interesting is my dad in his early years, he would go rabbit hunting and then bring rabbits home and present them at the kitchen sink for mom to have. But in the backyard, we had our pet rabbits. So a little kind of interesting, but he loved hunting. And I will share a lot of the things today, just a few moments. The, she was talking about dad and mom setting a good example, but the examples I think were set in their parents. Both of my parents had godly parents that understood and loved the Lord, and they set their priorities. And as a child, similar to what Jenny said, I saw traits of dad, hard worker, providing for his family, mother providing for the family, working together as a family unit. And just this past June, they celebrated my farm in Columbiana 69 years together, which is tremendous. We did the calculation, that's over 25,000 days and nights. So we were all truly blessed to have two loving parents and also, like Janice said, the grandparents. So we could see the love and bond and did a lot of stuff together. But my dad grew up a little bit in Blount County, Aniana. They moved to Birmingham. Well, as a youth, he recanted some stories to me. He was quite mischievous on some of the pranks and everything. Uh, it was all kind of in good taste. But he was in Boy Scouts up until 19, till the bombing of Pearl Harbor. But I think those few years in Boy Scouts with the scout law, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, friendly, and reverent, he started as a youth doing that. And that transcended into the husband and the father he was to me. And in a few years later, I became a scoutmaster for my boys. And I think his model to me, supporting, dad drove the scout bus, reflected in both of my son, Nolan Will, enjoying Boy Scouts. And also in Cub Scouts, you build what you call a Pinewood Derby. So one of the things Janet had mentioned about woodworking, he had an array of power tools. So on the Pinewood Derby, you have to have some type of little skill saw. So he enjoyed going up, we would go up here to Rainbow City from Birmingham. So he actually had a time of still continuing his woodworking. I would echo the marble games and all that. He was excellent carpenter and kind of a jack of all trades. So a few of the things I wanted to mention, I've already touched on, his character traits, which in this day and time is highly important, but it transcends and I hope it reflective onto my sons, how they live their life. They were honest, trustworthy. He was accountable for his actions. And one thing he always did unequivocally, when I was old enough to drive and either going on dates or friends, and he had a pretty good timing, right when I was going out the door, he said, remember who you are. And I've had some discussion with him in later years. And he said, that's what I'm saying, your family name, your reputation transcends the generation. When someone mentions your name, you want the people to smile, not roll their eyes, so forth. So uh, he respected that. He knew how important the reputation was. Once again, he was very supporting in my basketball, baseball playing days and as a youth of, in Boy Scouts. And he really, being an assistant scoutmaster, he really inspired me and he, uh, I was able to earn the Eagle Scout rank. He got to star and I truly believe with his perseverance, he would have gotten Eagle Scouts, but with the outbreak of War II, the troop pretty much folded and really spent their time and effort towards the, the war effort. One of the things my dad did, and I've enjoyed since they moved in with us last November, is really produced some good quality time talking with, with mom and dad and how they had their first day and all this. It gave us some quality time to really talk on the back porch or out in my big building with my antique cars, some just laid back talking. 
but he would recant stories when he was 17, 18 years old, and maybe even 16. He would buy a Model A, Model T Ford, five bucks, and he would resell it for $25. I said, well, you know, that's a $25 profit. He said, yes, but keep in mind, in the late 40s, you could go to a movie, a Coke, popcorn for a quarter. So do the math as far as the cost of living. He had fun, and that kind of transcended when I was a sophomore at Sanford in the mid-70s. Financially, he said, let's go buy a Model A. And from that, I guess the rest is history of us going to car shows. We went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, which is the largest antique car show in the world. Spent many a time up at Nockaloo Falls. And he enjoyed buying, selling, and just really seeing the people he knew in Rainbow City and Birmingham that he would see the, the car shows. Um, we went on various, like Janice, we went on a lot of vacations. Usually it was to the Smokies or the beach. But occasionally we, we would do one year, we, um, he got the motor home, rented it, and we went up to Cage Cove and up the Blue Ridge Parkway. So that's a special, special memory. Um, as I continue my education, I've always remembered this words of wisdom. He said, now listen, you may change your career, but here's the deal. You're going to work a long time, and you're going to do a lot of things. So you better figure out what you're going to do because you're going to be doing lots of it. And also, try to find something that you're actually making a contribution to society. So I stand here today. I've been with Alabama Power for 40 years. Now, I'm not sure if I figured it out, but I feel like the work I do and the company does, we work, I work in environmental affairs, I think he was real pleased. So he would always ask me about my projects, and mom did too. What project are you going on today? So they always showed an interest in my career, what was going on. Um, one of the things on the back table here is a, a, when we, they got out of high school, mom and dad married, and they started their own dry cleaning business, which was quite, you think, two newlyweds in their early 20s starting a business. But that lasted for a few years, and my dad went to Barber's Dairy. So he enjoyed that job for a couple years. Well, talking with mom this week, knowing dad's lifetime affinity for ice cream, and I would say maybe the longevity is eat a bowl of ice cream every night, which he, he did, right? So I asked mom the other day, getting ready for this service, I said, now dad worked at Barber's, and he delivered ice cream. I said, did he ever bring any home? Oh, Lord, he did. He brought ice cream, popsicles. I think their freezer was full of ice cream. So I think that started in the early age. So really, when we had a function, or any to this day, ice cream is expected. So he enjoyed the ice cream. He worked for barbers. And then he got in, like Jenny touched the base, he worked uh, in the different steel uh, industries in Birmingham. We moved to Atlanta. In the mid-60s, he had an opportunity to go work for Florida Steel. Those were exciting times because you can imagine the mid-60s, Atlanta was bustling, the Atlanta Braves had moved from Milwaukee, the Falcons had moved upstart NFL. Now, my grandfather, my mom's dad, personally knew Bobby Bragan. He grew up playing baseball. So when the big time for my dad and our family, my grandparents would come over and come into the kitchen, and I remember as a fourth grader, my grandfather calling the direct number to the clubhouse in Atlanta Stadium and talking to the manager. And he said, and some of my cousins are in the audience, you can imagine that, is I need four tickets for this game. And we always sat behind home plate about 20 rows up. And one time I asked Daddy Herbert, who's our grandfather, I said, can we go into the clubhouse or the dugout? He said, I don't want to press my luck. We need to take this gratitude. But my dad enjoyed it. Those were exciting times seeing a major league ball team. Well, we moved back to Birmingham and went to see, at that time, I guess the Birmingham Athletics, but it's now the Birmingham Barons. We walked into Rickwood Field, which is their AA affiliate. My dad said, now look, we've just come from Atlanta. They're professional baseball players. These guys really quite haven't made it, and some of them may never make it. I think that game they had four or five errors. And my dad would say, those guys probably won't make it. 
but he enjoyed baseball games. We went to a few Alabama games and so forth. Um, one of the things um, I will just touch on, the examples he set, my mom said, my grandparents, is to be faithful stewards of the United Methodist Church by their time, their presence, and their talents. And my grandfather, he was in charge of taking the collection to drop it off at the bank. So literally, he looked like two saddlebags of money. But he made it all the time, because we were thinking, but that was his thing. He served on administrative board, and he gave a lot of time. So I think he set an example to all of us to be a good steward of Christ and the church, and I think I thank him for that. So in closure, i like to read a poem that I had wrote, written about reflections on my father. Reflections on my father's life today. Many thoughts come my way. He was a loving husband, father, grandfather, and great-grandfather. If I ever had any questions or concerns, it was nev never a bother. Time he spent with me in my scouting years, I will always hold dear. He drove the scout bus on many trips. All the scouts were hoping none of the tires would rip. We had a close call one time, but we made it. He enjoyed many hobbies, especially working with wood. Ice cream, fried green tomatoes, and collard greens were his favorite foods. We shared a common interest in going to old car shows and collecting antiques. Sometimes we were lucky when we found something really unique. He loved old Fords, pedal cars, and antique toys. Having this as a hobby brought him much joy. Honesty, having integrity, and protecting your character to him was a must. Many times I have heard from his friends and co-workers he was a person they respected and could trust. His devotion and love for, my, for his wife and my mother Jane is immeasurable. Being married to her for over 69 years is quite incredible. As I end my thoughts today, I can truly say my father was a devoted Christian and was kind, considerate, and loving in every way. Well, I'd like to start by saying I learned a few things from my brother and sister today I didn't know about my dad, so thank you both. Uh, I do want to thank everyone for being here today as, as we celebrate the life of Sidney Gardner. Uh, God's blessed our family with a loving and faithful mother and father, and I'm thankful for all of my family, and many of them are here today. Uh, as my brother and sister have said, I, I can say this with certainty, that, that my wife Leah and I and our daughters, Sarah and Andrea, always knew we were loved by my dad and my mom. Uh, for my parents, family had always been a high priority. Uh, for them and for my sister Janet, my brother Bill, and for our families even now. And growing up in Birmingham, we, we, our parents made sure we made time to visit our grandparents. We had a great grandmother and the other relatives who lived close to us. Uh, we also spent a lot of time with our aunts and uncles and cousins the Rosses, the Busbys, and the Shoals, and it's good to see some of them here today. Uh, some of my best memories with my dad uh, and my family is, uh, my brother mentioned this because he was on the trip too, we rented a motor home and went to Williamsburg, Virginia when I was 10 years old. Uh, we went to Braves games uh, when I was a little older uh, with my mom's Aunt Lolly. Uh, got to go to Disney World with my parents for the first time when I was 18 years old. That was interesting. And then for them visiting me when I was at Auburn and going to football games. Uh, my brother has mentioned this, although we were not in the Scouts together, we were in the Scouts at different times because of the age difference. Uh, but that was especially impactful for me because my dad went to the weekly troop meetings. 
He attended most of the monthly trips we took, and he encouraged me as well to obtain the Eagle Scout rank. What is different about me and my brother and sister is that I moved with my parents from Birmingham to Gadsden uh, in 1979. They spent the next 40 years here, and I remember how excited they were to have a new home, and they created many special memories there with us uh, for family gatherings, birthdays, and holidays. My dad especially enjoyed working in his garage. If you ever saw it, you would know that. He spent many hours working with his hands and his tools there, making things, repairing things, and last but not least, keeping things. He also kept quite a stash of stuff in the attic of that garage. And I want to thank my son-in-law, Stephen, for helping us get that cleaned out when they moved. Thank you again, Stephen and others. But as he got older, with my mother's full support, we had, all had to work diligently to keep him out of that attic for his own safety. I heard a pastor recently say that the legacy of your life will be determined where you lead others and what you leave in others. And so I've got some things I want to say about my dad. Really what I think is his true legacy is where he led us and what he left in us. So here are some examples. He introduced us to the love of God and encouraged us to grow in our Christian faith. He and mom served others at this church by visiting people, participating in the gift to Gadsden and enjoying the fellowship of Sunday school classes for many years. He loved our mother and he loved us unconditionally. They sacrificed for us. He invested time in each of his children throughout his life and he recognized our uniquenesses and we have them and that's great he encouraged us to, in our pursuits when his children married he loved their spouses as though they were his own children he invested time in his grandchildren and great-grandchildren attending ball games and other events with mom by his side and I'm especially thankful for the love he had for our daughter Sarah Andrew and her husband Stephen he showed us how to be a friend to others he and my mom enjoyed friendships with many people in Gadsden and Birmingham, taking bus trips with their Huffman Methodist friends, uh, including my Uncle David and Aunt Carolyn, playing bridge with their Gadsden friends, and spending time with their neighbors and fellow church members such as Ruth and Adrian Chandler. As has already been mentioned, his work ethic and his character were impeccable. He had many different jobs in life, and you've heard some of those today. But I also watched him endure several job losses due to the economy, particularly in the 70s. But he always maintained his humility and decency, and he never gave up. No matter where he worked, he demonstrated to us the value of hard work and giving our best effort. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna borrow a line from my brother because I had it written out in advance too. We, we didn't share all our notes and that's okay, but I'm gonna say that I believe my dad lived out the scout law and modeled it for our family. And I want to repeat that again. Trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. My dad left us with a legacy and memories that no amount of money could ever buy. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Even in these difficult circumstances, I'm thankful to God for the gift and the blessing he gave to us through the life of my dad. Thank you.
I found these verses in Colossians that I think are very appropriate for this service as they are a description of your dad. And these are selected verses from the third chapter. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We have heard from three loving and adoring children about the life of Sid Gardner and his impact upon their lives and upon the family. It's hard to stand up here and not talk about Sid uh, without realizing that when you're talking about Sid, you're talking about Jane as well because uh, it was very rare that you saw one without the other. Uh, they went everywhere together. They did things together. They enjoyed life together. They came to worship together. Now, the only thing they didn't do in the worship service, Sid did not climb into the choir loft with Jane. No, he sat about right there. Uh, and on Sunday morning, since I've retired, uh, it was a pleasure after the service uh, to meet him in the aisle because I sat about right there. And... Uh, and the first thing you would notice when uh, the service was over, there was Sid with a smile on his face, glad to be here. Uh, and so you, uh, you appreciated the attributes that Sid had as a, as a person and as a Christian. Uh, so, you know, what we have heard about Sid is really no surprise to us uh, because we knew he was that kind of person. We always have known that he was that kind of person a person who loved and cared for his family, a, a person who was involved with them, a person who, by his very presence, invited the best of you to show up and to participate. Uh, they, Zid and Jane did so much together. Uh, and, and probably I understand that Sid's uh, uh, last few days in the hospital may have been the only days of his life that he spent in the hospital. If there was a case, it was a minor case many years ago. Uh, so, you know, he had, uh, he had that spirit of, uh, of, of enduring. He had that spirit of standing firm. He had that spirit of, of love and compassion and mercy and especially humility. Humility is the foundation of all virtues, said Confucius. True humility does not know that it is humble. If it did, it will be proud of the con contemplation of so fine a virtue, said Martin Luther. Said humility was real. It was such a part of his life that if you took that away, you would have very little of Sid left. That was the bulk of who he was, a person who enjoyed other people, a person who was willing to give of himself in order to reach the, the lives of others. I've always felt close to uh, Sid and Jane. As a matter of fact, when we retired, uh, we were invited into the membership of the 21 Club. The 21 Club is a uh, meet and eat kind of club, my kind of thing. You know, I like those clubs. But we were dominated by Sid and Jane to be members of that club. And we've always been grateful for that. You know, they have been pretty much lifelong members of the Methodist Church, holding membership in Woodlawn, Lake Highlands, East Lake, and Huffman United Methodist Church in Birmingham. And then of course for 40 years, here at First United Methodist Church. 
as faithful members of this church, Sid and Jane have served their Lord. They participated in caring angels, which uh, was mentioned. They visited and cared for the needs of our senior citizens who could no longer attend church because of their physical limitations. They took them cards and special gifts and treats. This ministry was to let these seniors know that the church had not forgotten them. They were still very much a, an important part of our church life and, and Sid and Jane participated in that. They participated in the Morris Fellowship Sunday School class when I came here, which later would merge with the Martin class, faithful members of those classes. I had the opportunity to speak to the Martin class once the two merged on a regular basis, and, and Sid and Jane were always very supportive, always caring. And then there was the gift of Gadsden that too has been mentioned. The gift of Gadsden held every July, and Sid and Lee Trotter would have a caning class where they would repair the seats of ladderback chairs and other uh, furniture. I can imagine with those two together exactly how the class went. There was a, a, a lot of uh, joy and happiness and as well as work in the class. I know because I had a friend who attended the class one year and uh, she called here fairly recently and wanted to know if uh, we were gonna have the caning class. And I said, well, I don't know, you know, I'm retired. They don't tell me anything anymore. But uh, she said, well, uh, uh, you know, I enjoy the caning class so much. I would like to, uh, to go again and to take a friend. And I said, well, you know, uh, I think that uh, Sid and Lee have retired. Uh, but uh, people enjoyed working with them because they cared about people. It wasn't just about fixing old furniture. It was about being with people and sharing life with people. Sid and Jane have always been supportive of their pastors, the church staff, their Sunday school class and the ministry of the church. Now, Sid did not have to be the center of attention. He was quiet many times, reflective, a great listener. As a matter of fact, as you tried to draw him into the conversation by trying to get him to share something about his life, he would turn it around and ask you about what you had done, where you had been, what you had experienced. He was humble. There was no pretentiousness whatsoever. Always a little smile on his face. He loved God and served his Lord in this church and in the community. He loved his family. He loved all that he met. He loved people. He loved life. And he knew how to live a quality life where others felt it a privilege to be in his presence, where others knew they were listened to, where others knew he, they were cared for, where others knew there was a bond that existed between themselves and Sid. others knew and felt like they were the most important people in all the world because Sid was an excellent listener, a humble individual who served God faithfully, served this church faithfully, was a faithful husband and a caring father and grandfather and great-grandfather. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved,
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That was Sid Gardner. Thanks be to God for all the wonderful gifts of grace and love that he has poured out upon each of us, members of his family, friends and neighbors of Sid Gardner, for God has blessed us richly through his life, through the life and love that he had for Jane and the family and the church, God and, and the Lord of the church. We are grateful this day, O oh God, and we thank you very much for all of your blessings through the life that Sid Gardner lived. Amen. Amen.
Let us pray. Oh God, all that you have given us is yours. At first you gave us Sidney Nelson Gardner. Now we give Sid back to you. Receive Sid into your arms, into the arms of your mercy. Raise it up with all your people. Receive us also and raise us into a new life. Help us so to love and serve you in this world that we may enter into your joy in the world to come. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you.